The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at karm.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right. Hey, welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick. Listen to Matt Slick Live. Let's see, today is the 26th of January. 2023 for the podcasters if you want to give me a call all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276 already have a couple of callers coming in and uh i wanted to remind you that we started a new facebook uh, group called apologetics or excuse me apologetic minds and uh, you can go to facebook and look and it has a picture of a brain with words on it I think there's another uh, page that has that, but we, we did the group, so you can check that out if that sounds interesting to you. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, I think that's that. Oh, and we do stay on the air by your support. If you'd be so kind as to consider supporting us, it's always very helpful because uh, it does take money to pay the bills to get SSI certificates put in, web work done, uh, things like that. And that's what we're doing. We're trying to get a lot of stuff done. So there you go. All right. And if you want, you can give me a call. All you got to do is uh, just dial eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six. And the other way to contact me is uh, during the show is uh, info at karm dot org. Info at karm dot org. If you uh, go there and you were to uh, you know email me there, say I got a question for the on the air. Maybe you don't want to be able to get, get on the air. You just want to be able to uh, get a question emailed in. That's one way to do it, info at karm.org. I'm working on an article on the TV series The Chosen, and I'll probably release that tomorrow. Uh, got, I was going to try and do it today, but you know how things are. Just got a little sidetracked. and uh, you know, I, I like the series. I like it. There are people who don't. And even as a Christian apologist, you know, I go in there, and, and I'm going to listen. I'm going to watch carefully. And you know what? It's not perfect, but I'll tell you. I'd rather Christ be crucified. I mean, <laughs> a pro- a proclaimed, excuse me, uh, than not. And I think that's what's happening there. So that's good. And even though the Mormons are involved, not in the production, but in being the uh, production is using a Mormon set, from what I understand. That's all right. Uh, we'll just see how it goes. All right, all right, all right. So, um, oh, Jess has the per- the flu. Okay, everybody, pray for Jess. So you get to pray for Jess. You got a flu in the text there. All right. Hey, let's get on the phones with uh, Anthony from Virginia. Anthony, welcome. You are on the air. Hey, Matt. Uh, yesterday you were talking to Ryan mm-hmm. about um, epistemology and determining truth. Yes. And he made a comment about empiricism, yes. where he said, uh, you know, we can't even uh, read the Bible without using our senses, and you kind of just dismissed it as if it's not a problem for what you were saying, because we need, we do need to use our empirical senses to determine truth. And if we didn't have them, we we couldn't even read the Bible. With you know, we, we the only okay. way we can know the Bible is through our senses. Okay, is so, empiricism the ultimate means by which you gain truth? 
to your senses? It's it's one of the means by which we determine truth. Notice I didn't ask that. I didn't ask that. I'll say it again. Is it the means by which we gain ultimate truth? That's the question. Um, I would say... Well, you're, you're phrasing it in a way that can't be properly answered. It's, it is yes, a it way. It's yes, not... it can. Okay, hold on. Yes, it can be properly answered. Okay. So let me ask you a question. I, I don't know. Are you an atheist or what or not? I, I just, I don't remember. What are you? I'm a Christian. Okay. Um, so uh, did Jesus uh, rise from the dead? Uh, did, yeah. Did Jesus rise from the dead? Okay. I believe so. How do you know he rose from the dead? That's what it's recorded. Okay. And you read it. So do you believe yes. it based on what your eyes tell you on written words? Uh, well, it? yeah. The, the, only way, the only way I was able to read it was by seeing the words or hearing someone else say it. So okay. sense perception so, was, was a necessary part of that process. So does uh, God open your heart to believe the truth, or do you do it of your own sinfully enslaved free will? I believe I accept truth. Uh, truth, truth is realized when it conforms with reality. So It's called the correspondence theory of truth, and that's, that's very secular. So you don't know it corresponds to reality because you don't know all reality, and you don't know what the correspondence relationship would be. So that's a problem. Well, do you think do you think God created us in a way where we couldn't determine the reality around us? Tell me what the nature. Or do you of reality think He gave is. us? Do Anthony, you think He gave Anthony, us senses Anthony, where Anthony, we would Anthony, be able to? Anthony, Anthony, you ask me a question. If you ask me a question, I start to answer. Don't start up with another question. Okay. You call in. You ask right. questions. I'll start to answer it. Then you ignore what I'm saying. Want to something else? Come on. So I'm asking you a question. I'm trying to teach you something. That your senses are not the ultimate source of knowledge. God is. And you say you read the Bible, and that's how you know that the Jesus rose from the dead? The knowledge and the belief of that is given to you by God. He opens your heart and mind to believe the gospel. That's what happens what? in Acts 16. 1614 God opened Lydia's mind uh, to open to believe the truth to believe the words that they were spoken so you got well, a problem that means, here you have a well, that problem. just that to me that means that that uh, revelation is completely unnecessary because God could just put the truth into our hearts without Anthony any necessity of evangelism or anything like that Anthony you're not listening you're not thinking okay you're you're reacting when I ask you a specific question, is God the, uh, what's the ultimate source of truth? Is it empiricism? Empiricism, which is the, you said, yes, how you determine truth. Well, there's problems with this. If empiricism is how you de determine truth, then you're using empiricism to validate empiricism. You're assuming empiricism's validity in order to say it's true. And if you say, well, it's the senses that I'm looking at, how do you know your senses are reflecting actuality properly? Third, God's the one who opens the mind to believe the scriptures. You can go to Luke twenty four forty five. You can go to Acts sixteen fourteen. I don't believe that. I don't believe God opens is the one who opens our minds to the scripture. I think we do it when we when we in our own capacity recognize it corresponds to what's what's true or real. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 
And so when it says uh, that Jesus opened their minds to understand Scripture, Luke twenty four forty five, did Jesus open their minds to understand Scripture? Oh, yes, but there's probably now, multiple ways me. in which that could be understood. Excuse me. You said you don't believe God does that. I just showed you the Scripture where Jesus, who's God in flesh, did that very thing. So were you incorrect in your statement? Well, we have to understand what does it mean that he opened their minds. He, he could mean he Can explained it to them in a t- way that... T- t- excuse me. Did he? I, I asked you, does God open the mind? You said no. You didn't ask for definitions on that. I then read you the scripture where it says the exact opposite of what you said. And then when I ask you to agree with the scriptures, then what you do is say, well, does it mean by open the mind? If that's what your concern was, why didn't you ask that when the, the questioning began? You didn't. So why is it you're not conforming yourself to reality you like the correspondence theory of reality you like the idea that your senses you are the ones who determines truth by your ability to see what's real and if I, if you can read luke 24 45 and your senses tell you that the bible says you open your mind and understand scriptures then did jesus open your mind and understand scriptures let me ask you you already answered it let's, let's see if you're consistent did he do that yes okay so then you were wrong in your first assessment. You said God does not do that. I've shown you now he does. Now, do you change okay, well, your he, position? He, Are you changing your position? It could, it, it could be that Jesus revealed that to them, but Are you no, changing I'm not. Your position? Because, okay. No, I'm right. not. I'm not. Okay, Anthony, you deny Jesus as God in flesh. Isn't that correct? Isn't that true? Uh, yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to, we, we talked before, I'm recalling who you are. Uh, you don't have the mind of Christ. You don't know how to think logically through these things. I'm not calling you stupid. You're not educated enough and trained in certain areas of thought, dealing with epistemology, rationalism, empiricism, epiphenomenalism, deontology, and various issues. You don't know how to work them together yet because you don't know enough yet. I'm not trying to talk down to you. I'm just saying you need to study these things because you're having a problem here. And I'm trying to show you some of the problems. You're not, you're not listening to what I'm telling you. And then you deny who Christ is. Well, you're obviously not a Christian. And you may say, well, you disagree. Well, you can disagree all you want, but you're not a Christian. So you need to repent. And you need to come. The issue here is you need to trust in Jesus. Now, let me ask you, can you pray to Jesus and ask Jesus to forgive you of all of your sins? Is that possible for you to do? Yeah, I can. Will you do it? Absolutely. Now, does that mean that Jesus can hear your prayers and the prayers of, of millions of people simultaneously? I kind of wanted to make a, a, another <clears throat> does it point mean, about the original does it question. Mean that? Does it mean that? Does it mean? We're not going back to that because you, you need something else. You need some, uh, uh, You don't need a Band-Aid. You need major surgery. So if you were to pray and ask Jesus and other millions of people are doing the same thing, can Jesus hear all of their prayers simultaneously? Yes. So is a creation, a creature, able to do that? Or is God able to do that? Uh, well, we have to... We, I'm sure, you know, there are things about spiritual reality we don't understand. It, it could okay. be that there is some capacity where Jesus has this ability. Okay, so now you're saying that a, a man uh, has the ability to hear millions of prayers simultaneously and understand them, right? And know the intentions of their hearts. Is this what you're saying? And he's not God? Is that what you're saying? Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I am. So now what you're doing is uh, you're, you're committing idolatry uh, 
and heresy. You're denying who Christ is, and then you're saying that this person who isn't the true God, Jesus Christ, what you're saying is now this created being can hear millions of prayers simultaneously from people all over the world, undoubtedly in different languages, and um, thought and spoken and the intention of their heart. And so you're giving the attributes of God to a created thing. So this is just further evidence of your depravity and your lack of understanding and your lack of regeneration. You don't know who God is. Okay, well, let me just say one more thing. Right now, Anthony, if you were to die right now, unfortunately, man, you'd just go to hell. And I don't want you to go there. But I have to warn you. I'm not mad at you. Well, you sit on the radio and teach a false gospel every single day. When you lie to people, tell them they don't have to obey God. That's that's what you do. I didn't say that. Yeah, you said they don't have God. to obey God for salvation. That's right, they don't. They don't that's have what to. You're, that's what Listen you're to me for a second. Shut the, up. Shut up. Man, he needs to let me finish my sentences. What I'm doing is telling people they don't have to obey God, keep the law for salvation. Don't let me, let's see if we can work with this heretic. Anthony? Okay. So he says, I was teaching a false gospel. What I was going to do is have him tell me what is the true gospel so that we can then say what the truth is and then compare it. So uh, he doesn't know what he's doing. He is unregenerate. He's unsaved. And he's the one who preaches a false gospel. So I need to pray for him. Let's get to Alberto from Georgia. Alberto, welcome. You're on the air. Well, good evening, Matt. You are 100% correct. Anyway, my question is uh, Psalm 12, verse 5 through 7. I hear a lot of pastors sometimes, or especially the King James only, is they say, well, it preserves, you know, preserve the word through and fire and all that. But if you read that the, 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 the context refers to them, refers to people, not words. And also when God. Wait, 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 wait. You said something that said, and also, now I got to examine what you just said. So, okay. <laughs> slow it down a little bit, and we got a break. So, hold on. We'll be right back after the break, folks, okay? And then we'll get back to what Alberto said, and hopefully he'll slow down, and uh, we can talk. We'll be right back after these messages. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. Let's get back on the air with Alberto. Alberto, welcome. All right, buddy, let's try it again. Where were we at? Okay, what I was saying in Psalm 12, verse Mm -hmm. 5 through 7, Mm -hmm. and especially verse 6, where a lot of people tend to say that God preserves when we say them, they think it's referring to the word. But wait, wait, I didn't understand context, you. Referring to people. Wait, we said I didn't understand you. The that God preserves His words. Then something I didn't hear. What? No. What I'm saying is, a lot of people tend to say um, Psalm twelve six. They think it's referring to God preserving the words, but it's actually, if we read the context, it's referring to preserving the people. Them. You know what I'm saying? Them. If you read verse five, it says so, the words. When, when, of, it says the words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace on earth, refined seven times. O Lord, you will keep them. Yeah, but we, you'll preserve him mm-hmm. from this generation. Okay, and so people are. You're talking about verse seven, Psalm twelve seven, and people are using it to say what? No, no, no. Verse five refers to if you context refers to people, them, not words. God preserves them. Even scholars teach that it's them, referring to people, not words. Okay. Because 
when God spoke oh, that... What's your question? What's your question? Words, my question is, is that some people think that God preserved a perf- a perf- the, the perfect Bible. The Bible never... That verse never says that perfect Bible, a perfect translation, or a, a perfect... Uh, you know, okay, what's your question? Uh, the canon was enclosed. The canon, the canon was enclosed when, 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 God, when God was spoken. So my question is, a, my, my question is, why do pastors or people teach that referring to words? It's not, it's not preserving words. Preserving people preserves them. If we read the context of verse five, if we read the beginning of regarding, chapter twelve, we, wait, wait, okay, Alberto, it's preserving what? them. The people, Alberto, not, not can you words. hold on a sec, please? I'm trying to ask you a very okay, specific question because you're you're chattering quickly, okay? You're loquacious, okay. all right? And I have to strain to understand you sometimes, and then you go on from one thing to another thing to another thing to another thing, and I'm not following you. I need you to say, according to this single verse right here, some people say this, do you think that's valid? I need to just get okay. right to it. You go on, you add so much okay. that it's hard to understand what you're getting at. So what exact okay. verse do you want me to look at, okay? Okay, the verse verse 5 through 7. Okay, what about it? So yes. the word, when it says preserves them, it's referring to people, not words. Not In words. verse 7, you will keep them, you'll preserve him from this generation forever. Yes, it's, it's in reference to uh, a person, yes. Yeah. Right, but people think it's referring to the word, preserving the word, not preserving the word, preserving the people. Well, because they very see that they're preserving the word. Because they very often don't study what it actually says. A lot of pastors out there, um, what they do is read into the text. Okay, so that's why some do that. All right, they do. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's just what okay, I got one more question. Okay. Okay, when when people say when people say, well, being spiritual, well, when the Bible says God's the spirit of truth, well, when people say, use the word, they use the word loosely, being spiritual, like Oprah Winfrey, the spirit, and all that. So, so the Christians think of being spiritual, it's that they think it's really being spiritually true from based on the spirit of truth of God, but it's not really mean. So what, can you explain the difference between being spirit, so-called spiritual and the spirit of truth of God? Being spiritual and what? And it's, it's being spiritual versus the spirit of truth of God. But people, you know, people tend to say, oh, well, are you spiritual? But what is okay, the well, hold, on, that? hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. spiritual. Okay. Um, so... <laughs> So you want to know the difference between spiritual and something, okay? The word of truth of God. Okay, wait a second. Don't don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do Okay, I'm sorry, we're gone. Okay. I'm just I can't handle this. It's like it's like uh I, I just wanted to ask his question and then he asks and then he goes on. And jumps off. I'm like, well, let me focus on what you're trying to get at. And then he goes on to something else. I, I'm just done with that. So, oh, yo. look at a Michael from Utah. Michael, welcome. You're on the air. Boy, what Brother a Matt, how you doing, man? Man, I'm, <laughs> just, I'm, I'm trying to cope. Having a good time over there today, huh? <laughs> yes, it's 
It's interesting. So uh, I'm, trying, I'm, I'm in a text going, is it me <laughs> or is it them? And they're going, it's them. Okay, thanks. Because I don't know. You know, I don't know. Man, it's like, I, come uh, on. My wife, my wife called me and she said, uh, your brother Matt flicks on the radio and he's talking about The Chosen. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said he, he enjoys it or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. wasn't listening mm-hmm. when she called in. So she said, maybe you should call him and talk to him because um, I don't know if you know much about The Chosen. Do, do you Have you researched a lot of it or what? I've seen every episode. Okay. Okay, and then you know about the producer and where the mm-hmm. money's going and, you know, the, wait, kind wait, of the, wait, wait, wait. the philosophy behind the show. I don't. Uh, the producer, uh, Jenkins, he's a Christian. He's using the Mormon set, and uh, the lead who's playing Jesus is a Roman Catholic. I'm aware of that. Uh, where the money is going, I don't okay. know what you mean by that. Uh, what's that? So I, I remember my dad telling me to get on there and watch the show, and mm-hmm. so I, I watched some of the first season, and then he... Uh, he went on there because he was moved by the show, and so he wanted to donate some money. And mm-hmm. uh, he he okay. pulled up the website, and it led him to uh, basically to a Dropbox in Provo, Utah, uh, where the money was going to go to the production mm-hmm. company. And so, as he dug into it, he realized that uh, he was money was going to the church, Which the church? LDS church. I don't know if that's the case, yeah. uh, but I do want to know. If that's the case, well, that's you a know problem. The, the yeah. Dallas mm-hmm. Jenkins' main partner is a, a well, he's a mega donor, and he's he's a big shot with a lot of dough, and he's a Latter Day Saint. Okay. Um, uh, Dallas Jenkins, if if you've ever been on his Facebook page, just recently. He mocked Jesus Christ so bad. I'm telling you, bro. What's it? It would have hurt your feelings. Okay. Well, that's something I need to know. Okay. So, uh, yeah, if that's, that's the why case, you told me call him because. Okay, I, I don't know about this. So, you need to show that for me. Okay, you need to show it to me. You need okay. to. Uh, I don't know. I don't know exactly how to get. Are you on Facebook oh, oh. or what? Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. What I'd like you to do is, is later go find it. Find the exact whatever it is. If you can take a screenshot, or say here's the you know the the, the page, and then you copy the URL and you email it to us at info@carnbet.org because I need to find that out. Okay. Okay. Well, I just let me let me let me just say this to you real quick. Mm-hmm. On his Facebook page, he gets into a he gets into a commentary on there about people and criticizing him and. Um, he has a thread on there where he's saying the most the most common question after episode three, what did Jesus whisper to Lazarus? I'll reveal reveal the mystery in the comments. Okay, well hold on, we got a break. Okay, so hold on. Hold on, we got a break. So uh, we'll be right back, folks, after these messages. Please stay tuned. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. All right, let's get back to Michael. Okay, are you there, Michael? 
Yes, I am. All right. Hey, Matt, you know, I I was looking... want, I'm going to copy the URL and send it Good. to karm.org, but I just Perfect. I just wanted to read this for you and let you let you finish okay. the show. But I, I, I know that Christians have got to hear about this because this show is an ecumenical thing. It's trying to bring Christians and Mormons and Catholics all together. They've got a massive uh, campaign with, with lots of money and big donors. Okay, all over read the, it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he gets into a thread on here, and he says, I'm about to quote the Book of Mormon, and he's making a joke, this Dallas Jenkins, and he gets multiple replies. And he has a guy on here, his name's Elder Cypress, and he says, Dallas Jenkins, if you do anything from the Book of Mormon on the Chosen, it would be awesome if you did a little bit of Third Nephi. Absolutely respect for what you do. Keep bringing the spirit to the show. Dallas Jenkins replies to this guy, Elder Cyprus, the Chosen takes place in the first century. That said, I do think it would be great troll for me to have Jesus on the cross and look down and wink at Joseph Smith walking by. What? That's the that's the Christian okay. who's making this film, and that's right. his mockery of Jesus. Uh, it's not a mockery of Jesus. Well, it kind of is. Um, uh, well, well, it kind of is. I mean, just, me just, just imagine you, bro. Just I, imagine I got you, you, Matt, and you using Jesus' name that way. I would yeah, never I, hear I that from you. I know, I, and you wouldn't hear yeah. it from me either. Yes, I agree. That breaks my it's, heart, man. Okay, can I get a word in edgewise, please? Okay. Yeah. So, I agree with you. All right, it's a problem. Now, I'm going I'm to read you something. What do you think of this? What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in this I rejoice. Yes, I will rejoice. He was talking about, um, this is Philippians 1.18. In Philippians 1.18, yeah. this is one thing I'm struggling with is what then only that in every way whether in pretense or in truth Christ is proclaimed and in this I rejoice yes I will rejoice for I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ according to my earnest expectations oh I gotta read it before that story uh, sure some to be sure are preaching Christ from envy and strife but some from also from goodwill the latter do it out of the love uh, knowing that I'm appointed for the defense of the faith the former proclaimed Christ out of selfish ambition rather than from pure motives, thinking to cause me distress in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in this he rejoices. Now, there's a principle here. And this is what I'm struggling with. Because the main character who plays Jesus is a Roman Catholic. I know they're in cooperation with the Mormon Church, who's a non-Christian cult. And they're using the sets from the Mormon Church. So now here's a problem, because if it was me doing this, I would have a dilemma to have to deal with. And I'd talk to counsel of many people. And I would look at this scripture and I'd say, because of this, and because of another verse where Jesus says, or John answered and said, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to prevent him, because he does not follow along with us. But Jesus said to him, Do not hinder him, for he's not against, who is not against you is for you. Now the Mormons, of course, they're they're against Christ. They think they they follow Christ, but they don't. They have, their their God is complete false God. We understand that. And the Roman Catholics teach a false gospel. So now what we have here is a situation. And this is what I'm struggling with. 
It's a situation where in order to get the word out, and so far the presentation over the airwaves has been pretty good. The sets are excellent, the dialogue's good, uh, the acting is good, and Christ is being proclaimed. Now we're going to see how things are going to go, but nothing that I've seen so far uh, is of great concern. There's a couple of things, like you know, just little things, okay, which literary license, okay. So then I'm wondering, do we say, I'm not going to have a Catholic play Christ, I'm not going to have a rent area from the Mormons, but if I do, then Christ can be proclaimed. Now you see the problem I've got right now, trying to say what is and what is not to be. You see the difficulty with this, what the scripture says? By any chance? I, I absolutely agree with the with the scripture that you quoted. Yeah. So then the question I, then becomes. I, me, no, go ahead. Well, I was just all I was going to say is I watched say the first season, mm-hmm. and from what I gathered from it. Uh, it's not uh, word for word. It's a paraphrase of what yep. people believed the mm-hmm. the parts that are they're trying to fill in the empty parts yeah. of the Bible. I have no problem with what that. They're trying to do, and mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I think that that what it does is it feeds the flesh. It, it gets people away from the word and and to focus in, instead on the image that they're portraying, which is prevalent in Mormonism and Catholicism. And so it feeds that, you know, I'm in a Bible study, and all the guys are talking about the chosen, and I'm over there in the corner going, you just need the Word of God. You don't need no television show produced by uh, two-fold church churches. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, So, uh, of course, a series is going to take liberty by adding dialogue in order to fill in the areas that need to be filled in. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, not everything that Jesus said and did was is, is in Scripture. So a series now is proclaiming Christ to millions of people all over the world. Now, so far, they focused on his humanity, but in the last few episodes, I've noticed and paid close attention to it, now they're referencing his deity. And I went, I said to my wife, I go, that was a claim of deity when Jesus said that. That was this, and, and, I, and I'm seeing it. And I know what to look for. And so now we have an issue. So let me let's say, let's say an atheist teaches you um, uh, algebra, and he's, he's a bad guy, he's a bad atheist. Should you then reject algebra because an atheist taught it to you? And the answer is, well, no. We have to be careful what's called the genetic fallacy in that the source of something is bad, therefore what comes out of it is automatically false or bad. We have Mormons, they teach God gave another planet. We have Jehovah's, uh, we have uh, Catholics who teach that you pray to Mary and that good works get you to heaven. All these are false. And they're seriously false. What do you do when you want to get the word preached? And these doors are opened up. Can you build your own set? Can you get all Christian actors? I, I don't know. I don't know what, what uh, problems this guy's had to face, Jenkins had to face to get this working. But what I do know is this, that Christ is being proclaimed. And to say that, well, he's only being proclaimed one way is subjective. I've heard people, I've read some articles on this, and I think some of the criticisms are unwarranted because they're subjective and, and promote uh, projecting. I'm paying attention to what's being said. And so far, 
nothing is anti-Christian. Uh, now, if they start, and also get this, Mary had childbirth pains. That's against Catholicism. And so I know that a Mormon asked Jenkins, uh, you're going to have, uh, in, a, in a post-resurrection, you're going to have them appearing over in the Americas. And uh, he said, where do you work? I've got the quote, the answer he said was, uh, here we goes. I got it. He said, "Not in any time soon," and then he kind of dropped it at that. It was that's what he's paraphrasing. And so, yeah. Anyway, I got to put some place. So uh, it looks like he knows Mormonism's not true, but he's trying to work to get this taken care no, of. No, I. There, there's there's also quotes of him flat out admitting that he thinks that uh, Mormons and Christians are worshiping the same Jesus. Okay. We're worshiping the same God. I gotta work. I gotta see those quotes because now let's say he does say that, and I'm not well, defending him. But let's he, he, okay, I got gotcha. you. Send it to me. Let's say he says that. All right. Does that man mean then that no one should watch the chosen? Yeah, that, I, I don't mean? think they should, man. Honestly. Okay. So would you then say? And this is a question I wrestle with. Should you then say because he thinks Mormons are Christians, nobody should see that series at all, and it should not be proclaimed uh, all over the world? Um, is that what you're saying? Well, obviously. Well, I mean, should I? I wouldn't. So, a couple things. I never suggest anybody that I evangelize go to a Latter Day Saint church. I, I got I you, but I asked you a I specific question. To, I, I asked you a question though, yeah, because I, Jenkins, I'm coming, I'm coming if he thinks. Point, but if he thinks Mormon is Christians, should then that mean we shouldn't watch the whole series? Yeah, well, I, I, I don't understand why it should replace the Word of God. Wait a second, wait a second. It's becoming powerful. I asked a specific... You know how the flesh is, right? Okay, okay, we're not answering the question, though. This is a dilemma. If he believes Mormons are Christians, he's doing so out of ignorance. He doesn't know what the truth is about Mormonism. Most people, they started more, they don't know. It takes some training. And uh, I hope he's listening to this because in the area of Provo, the radio show goes down there. And he could contact one of the world's experts in the area. We could talk. I'd even drive down to go in and talk. But the question that we'll come back to after this, should everybody not listen to it if Jenkins thinks Mormons are Christians? That's a question. I'll be right back after these messages. This is not an easy issue, folks. It's not an easy issue. We'll be right back. Please stay tuned. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Let's get to Kevin from Arizona. Kevin, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, how you doing, Matt? <laughs> oh, I'm doing. Okay, hanging in there. So what do you got, man? Yeah, yeah I just wanted to ask you... Uh... Is it a sin for a Christian to invest in a stock market or a cryptocurrency? No, it's not. Um, the Bible talks about having uh, let's see, to invest or stocks. The Bible talks about having different uh, sources in, of uh, income. I forgot. What, I've got an article on that. I think someplace in preparation and things like that, having different sources. Uh, you, you know, so. 
I don't have any problem with crypto or stocks as long as you're not using it in a gambling kind of a way. If you're trying to um, to make money in order to provide for your family, etc., that's fine. So you've got to be careful with it, like any investment you make. So investments are okay. There's different kinds of investments. I know a, I've got a good Christian friend, and he uh, does the stock market. And he knows it really well, and he's made money out of it. Now he he's he's not doing it as the thing, and he's all living over it, and that's all his life is about. No, he just makes choices, and he waits a year or two, and he sees watches how they're doing, and gradually he's making money, not a whole bunch, but he's doing it. And uh, he's able to pay a couple things off and things like this because of it. But he's lost money, too. And so it's like putting money in the bank. The way the inflation rate is going, here's a question. The inflation rate is going, if you put $1,000 in the bank in a year, it's equivalent to like $950, that kind of a thing. So is it smarter to put money into silver, for example, or gold, where it'll stay constant? So which one is better? Well, depends on what your motive is, and depends on what your your goals are. So this is a tough one to add, to answer. If you, if you see what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But so I have I some crypto. Yeah, I have some crypto, and uh, just watch it and see what it does. And uh, not very much, okay, and not very much. So I do that, and uh, and just see. Okay. Yeah. All right, man. Okay, buddy. All right, thanks, mate. All right, yeah. God bless. Okay. All right, let's get to Ron from Wake Forest. I think it's North Carolina. Welcome. You're on the air. Ron. Hope we're not having problems. He's got a little note here in Act 238, which I'd love to talk about. If he is going to come up, and let's see if he does. Ron, are you there? Let's see. I don't know. I'm going to put him on hold, and then we'll get to, it looks like we'll get to Joe from Arkansas. Hey, Joe. Welcome. You're on the air. Hey, Matt. Hey. I want to piggyback on uh, the question you had earlier about the Chosen. I don't know if you're mm-hmm. uh, seeing some of the G3 guys did a podcast on this recently mm-hmm. and actually said uh, that the show was a violation of the Second Commandment. And uh, one of the speakers on there basically said that, you know, uh, because the uh, first commandment basically forbids idol worship, the second commandment essentially means that we should have no images of God whatsoever. So I wanted to get your opinion on that. Yeah, it says, uh, it's what it says. You shall not make for yourself an idol. Okay or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the water under the earth any likeness you shall not worship them or serve them for I the Lord your God am a jealous God visiting the iniquity in the fathers and the children of the third fourth generation okay so I don't like any images of Christ in my home and I don't want I just because of this however notice what it says they're going to go to the second commandment and this is probably going to prevent me from ever speaking at G3 you shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness that's all right. any likeness of what's in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the water on the earth so we can ask these guys let's take this literally 
Do you have any images in your house of fish? Do uh, you have any sculptures of oceans? Do you have any pictures of, of, uh, of birds? Do you have anything in your house? Any likeness of what's in heaven? Do you have anything of the stars, of the moon? Do you have any pictures of this? In heaven above or the earth or the water on the earth? Do you have anything? Do you take a picture of, uh, of a landscape, a sunset? Is it in your house? And they'll say, well, Matt, that's ridiculous. And I'll say, well, okay, well, why is it? Because we're not bowing down before it and worshiping it. That's the point. Because the chosen... Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah. It seems to yeah. uh, ignore the entire second part of the mm-hmm. statement, which right. would be tied into the images themselves, if I'm understanding right. you correctly. That's right. It's, not a, it's an issue of, of worship and adoration. And so, uh, you know, I, I've watched every episode of The Chosen. I like it. I do. I like what's being presented. And I've struggled with some things because I know that they're working with the Mormon church in order to get this thing done. And I'm struggling with that because I don't like that. It's a non-Christian cult. But what Paul says really sticks with me. And he says uh, in Philippians 1.15, and I have to think, because like, I, I, my reaction is don't have anything to do with them. Don't have anything to do with the Mormons. They teach a false God, a false Christ, a false gospel. And it's true. They think they believe the truth, but they don't. So it says, some to be sure, preaching Christ even from envy and strife, but some from goodwill. So he's saying there's people who do it from envy and in argumentative, striving ways. The latter do it out of love knowing that I'm appointed for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaimed Christ out of selfish ambition rather than pure motives. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in this I rejoice. Now, wait a minute. Let's just say we take somebody that we find out that someone who is funding the chosen is, uh, let's just say, an atheist who wants to get all the credit for it look i funded it should we then say we can't uh we can't watch it because that's the case because selfish ambition and paul says i rejoice that even in that christ is proclaimed that's what's getting me because i'm i want to stick with what the word of god says and i can't ignore paul's words and so if unfortunately the doors opened up to use the Mormon set and a Roman Catholic is playing Jesus and he's having prayer time with Mary, which is heresy. All these things are heresies. Then we could say that that is under the category of selfish ambition, even though it's not. But I mean, the idea of doing it for wrong motives, wrong reasons, but yet Christ is proclaimed. He rejoices in that. And what I'm getting out of that is more important than all those other issues that Christ is proclaimed. And that's what I see out of it, and that's what causes me ultimately to say, all right, you can watch it and have it done and be produced. That's what, so far. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm so totally far. with you. And if, if I could just maybe piggyback one more thing onto this, because this is a lot of the criticism I see is really tied to the things like this, like the, the funding or you know, who owns the studio mm-hmm. or maybe things that Dallas himself has said. Right. But is there sort of a relation here? in terms of, like, uh, the materials that we might watch or we might read and, like, what we would exclude because it's out of 
lockstep with us theologically. Right. You know, where where is that needle at in terms of, like, where do you sit it? Because, you know, if you go too far, I mean, wouldn't that, uh, by default, exclude us from reading the early church fathers or, you know, yeah. other things? Or listening to secular music or watching uh, Avatar. Okay, Avatar, you know, it preaches uh, this Mother Earth crap. So we shouldn't watch that either. And I'm not saying, okay, therefore we can watch anything and do anything because we don't, don't want to be holy and sanctified. I'm not saying that. We need to be, be careful. But this is not such a cut and dry thing. It's just not. If they want to say you can't watch The Chosen because the main actor is a Catholic and uh, he's working with the, the producer, you know, Dallas Jenkins is working with the, uh, the Mormon church. Uh, and let's say he even, and it's true what the guy said, he winked a bit, you know, Joseph, wink at Joseph Smith. Uh, I don't know what's in uh, Dallas Jenkins' heart. I don't know if he is aware and he's trying to work to get the greater message out. I don't know. But when Paul says what he says, that he even praises God that those who preach Christ for the wrong reasons, completely wrong reasons, he says, way to go still, let's get Christ crucified, I mean, preached. That, to me, is what tells me, okay, the greatest responsibility, the greatest issue is Christ uh, proclaimed, even though there's some negativity associated on the perimeters with it. That's my decision. I would not have spoken at G3 and said uh, that you can't watch The Chosen or that it breaks the Second Commandment, because if you're going to be that legalistic, then I'm going to go say, let's go through your house and see if there's any images, any reproductions of anything in heaven above or on the earth or in the sea. And if they say, well, that's, no, we're not worshiping them, we're not worshiping uh, the image of Christ in The Chosen either. So, you know. Thank you so much, man. Greatly appreciate it. Yeah. You're welcome, brother. All right, so I've got nobody waiting. You know, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more. Um, I know that a lot of people are going to be polarized by this. And as you know, what I try and do is be as biblical as possible. And, and it's so difficult to know what the right thing to do and the right thing to say is in every situation. So when I don't know something, I'll tell you, I don't know. And I'll you know, go research it and find out. What I do know is that Jesus did not stop the people from casting out demons. He says, don't hinder them, because they're doing it in the name of Jesus. Don't stop them. Now, Mormons aren't speaking the name of Jesus. They have a false Jesus altogether. But at least in the Gospels, when we're seeing what's going on here, and Jesus says, don't hinder them. He does say that in Luke 9, 49-50. He says, do not hinder him, for he who is not against you is for you. All right. And then what Paul says in Philippians 1, 15-18. You know, he says, uh, even though they don't do it for right reasons, Christ is proclaimed, and in this I rejoice. Yes, I will rejoice. He says it twice. I don't know about anybody else, but personally I'm forced to then say that that's the greater responsibility Christ pro- uh, proclaimed rather than us let's say let's not have him proclaimed because there are some imperfect associations with it in that sense I could expand more on imperfect but we're out of time because there's the music so you see what the problem is 
And if anybody wants to disagree, then please disagree while incorporating Philippians 1, 15 through 18, because I'd like to see what you have to say. May the Lord bless you. Disagree or agree? It'll email me, info at karm.org. Hey, we'll talk to you tomorrow. God bless. Another program powered by the Truth Network.